Podcast. I'm Aiden Walker. And I'm Blake Peterson. Today in the studio, we've got a special guest with us, Dee Dee Madigan, the host of the food podcast, Home Plates. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Why, oh. why do we have you on the show talking about a movie about food in particular? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I love food. I guess that's it. Certified <laughs> Which food is lover true. in the studio, Dee Dee Madigan. But I feel like so many people say that too. You know, it's now become very monolithic to be like, yeah, I love food. It's like, duh, you love food. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yes, I have my own podcast, which is on also on the Soundbite Network. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Super exciting. Um, check out all the podcasts, but my podcast is called Home Plates, and I interview international students all about the food from their country. So I just basically just ask them questions about, you know, where do you like to eat? What's street food like in your country if they have it? We do a segment called Junk Food and Drunk Food. Sometimes I bring in snacks from their country if it's easy to find, mm. and then we munch on them. We try to stay away from the microphone when we eat. <laughs> Doesn't always work, but it's fun for everyone. So, That's yeah. really fun. And that premiered yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah it, you... it's every Wednesday. What movie did you choose for us to watch? I chose the movie Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, directed by Ang Lee. This was his third movie, right? And um, I think I wrote it down. Third movie, he directed um, The Wedding Banquet and Pushing Hands previously. Uh, the Eat, Drink, Man, Woman also stars um, She Hung Lung, and he starred in both of those movies as well. And so these three movies together make the um, Father Knows Best trilogy. I think it's an unofficial thing. What was kind of the draw for you in picking this movie? Well, if you've ever seen this movie, then you'll definitely know that there's a lot of food featured in this movie. And... I really love like family stories or like stories that have to deal with dysfunctional families. Those are like my favorite movies. This movie is all about a family and their Sunday dinners basically. So when you first saw it, what about it kind of made a huge impression on you? So I saw this when I was younger. My mom's really into films and so she like was like we should do this as a family movie tonight. And I remember literally what struck me was in the movie one of the character's daughters, Shan Shan, she gets these epic lunches by one of the main characters, Mr. Chu, who's like this aging legendary chef in Taiwan. And it's the movie's about him and his daughters, first off. But Mr. Chu makes Shan Shan these epic lunches for school. And they come in like tin lunchbox. It's a metal lunchbox. Metal lunchbox. Yeah. And there's like three layers. And he's just like, Shan Shan, I'm going to make you lunch. And then she's like, okay, cool, Mr. Chu. And Mr. Chu like literally hand delivers this lunchbox. And the top layer, there's like, I forget what it is specifically. But there's just like three gourmet meals made by like the most legendary chef. In Taiwan, and I was like, "This." The this punchline is of that cool. whole thing, though, is that Shan Shan's mother is not a very good chef. Yes. And she was complaining <laughs> about having to eat her mother's food. Yes. So then Mr. Chu makes Shan Shan lunch, but then eats her mother's cooking. And there's this great shot of him sitting in a kitchen trying to chew on this meat that's just clearly been overcooked, and he just can't even get it <laughs> off the bone. This is a movie that made me really really hungry throughout it. Um, <laughs> Blake and I actually watched it together, and what do you think? We were about an hour in, and I just went, screw it, I can't take it anymore, and I pulled a, <laughs> an instant ramen out of my drawer and made it right there on the spot and just slurped it down. It was so weird, because I feel like I came in, and I had kind of a big dinner beforehand, so I was full, but even though I was full, I was watching it, which just had this desire to, like, eat all of it. Because, yeah. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, the opening... Few, like, opening sequence of the movie is just Mr. Chu creating all these ornate meals 
And you just see him preparing and preparing and preparing, and you see all this stuff, and you just automatically are starving because it looks so good. <laughs> I love the opening, like, ten minute, first ten minutes of this film are just, like, so perfect and, like, what a film should do, you know? You get a, you get introduced to each character, main character, and you kind of get to see what they're doing and, like, small details kind of open up, like, you know, their personalities and stuff. But, yeah, Mr. Chu preparing that Sunday feast, which all his daughters are basically like, oh, I have to go to Sunday torture again. <laughs> well, it's just like super fun to watch because he probably got like professional chefs. I think they did get professional chefs. I would think chefs. so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the no, they just really let good. him go around and play with little <laughs> knives be the, and be like. <laughs> this would be the best set to be on because you get to see all oh, the definitely. food getting made. You Could get you imagine the food, all the food? And then you get to eat yeah, it. I was going to yeah. say. Would a lot of them get wasted? That's what, like, were, did they just, like, I maybe feel like have, they had to have, like, had thrown to, like, away some of that food because that yeah. was insane. <laughs> Unless maybe, know. like, movies have a big cast and crew. I bet they said, you know, this, this stuff's getting cold and we're going to have to make it again because we messed up this shot. I Camera hope. guy, you, how's your tummy doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no craft services. This is craft services. That I would, would think so. That would be, like, the best movie set. Oh, I love it. <laughs> no, I really like to because the opening, it is very great to look at because you're seeing all these foods, so it's very sensorily stimulating, obviously. But I like it, too, because it becomes very clear early on that cooking is probably the most integral part of Mr. Chu's identity. And so you right off the bat, you kind of realize, like, that is his thing. That's kind of what defines him. And so when you learn that he's kind of an emotionally distant father, almost trying to replace his love with food, that's already an interesting thing because you realize that to him that is just an extension of himself, basically. I think, like, too, with Mr. Because this whole movie, I feel like, is sort of about everyone growing, I guess. Yeah. You know? Because Mr. Chu is, like, a super legendary chef you find out early on his taste buds are gone so at the first sunday dinner his daughters are like uh, dad this is like way too much ginger or you know you forgot the shrimp paste in this dish and he kind of just like shakes it off and he's like you know like i like that too because i think i'm really accustomed to family dramas that are very tense and kind of have families almost falling apart which is probably i mean we're just watching all the depressing ones but I like this one because, I mean, there is a little bit of familial tension, but it really is just a movie about personal growth. And by the end, you see all these characters kind of, they don't necessarily reach self-actualization, but they definitely, you see them end on a happier note than when they started, which is a cool arc to see. Some of the changes in the characters are really abrupt as well, which is fun. <laughs> um, the uh, eldest daughter, um, Chu Jiajian, played by Kue Meiyang, she has that crazy shift where she's the very like devout Christian school teacher, and then she falls in love with the bad boy on the motorcycle, <laughs> and they just immediately get married. A lot of this movie deals with the sensory, so there's a lot of really striking visuals. There's a lot about taste, smell. I was really worried that they were gonna touch on death in a really big way. So I, thought that, I thought that Mr. Chu was gonna die at uh. the end. I was we 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 paused it no at one way. point and looked at the amount of time left. I was like, "There's ten minutes left. He's gonna die soon." No but way. He didn't die, which was great. Thank I'm, God. I'm very happy he did not die. I didn't think he would die because he gives off the vibe. It's nice because the actor who plays him, he's I mean he's obviously older, but he kind of has this elegance to him that suggests mm. that he's not like dying. He's old, but he's old, but he's young enough to where he like could, you know, change his life and have some years, you know, to come. I never got that vibe. I think maybe <laughs> just other family movies have taken that direction where like the dad dies at the end. But like, maybe it was just my outlook on the day. I man. Maybe I just went into it just going like, <laughs> man, this is the first day of school, blah. Who knows? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, 
They do have one character who dies. That's true. I don't know. Like, are, is this like a spoiler-free podcast? Uh, no, or no, no, we no, no, no. We, we, we just talked through the movie. Away. Okay, good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but because like old Wen, that's his name, right? Old Wen. Oh yes, uh, he the does sous chef. Die. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like so, Mr. Chu's like sort of like best friend does die, which is super sad. But I really guess sad. it does go into the whole like life cycle. Everyone's growing. You mm-hmm. have to. But yeah, I think for Mr. Chu, the main thing with him for this movie is just like his taste buds are gone. So he's sort of like moving, eventually retires from the restaurant he's been cooking at his whole life and made his career at. And then his daughters are growing up. And so he's having to come to grips with all of this change. And you see him like really struggle with that. He makes those elaborate lunches for Sean Sean. And then is still doing laundry and wakes up his daughters every morning. <laughs> I really like the scene where he like he's doing the laundry and he just pulls out like all the bras <laughs> and he's just like this old man and he's like, you know, he's a, he's a dad still and he's like can't let go of that. No, what's funny with his daughters that they all live with him still because I mean, you see these very self-possessed young women who already really seem to know who they are and kind of what they want. So, but yeah, you definitely see the end of that kind of I don't want to say childish relationship, or but you can see them kind of shifting, and now they kind of are starting to have their own lives, and he's kind of not becoming as crucial a part of their lives. But I really, I also really just loved these female characters in general. Super great. <laughs> I agree. I thought they were really excellent. It was funny to look at them next to all the male characters in the movie, because almost all the men in this movie are just jerks. They're just yeah, horrible. Basically. I mean, their their dad is kind of that way for a lot of the movie. <laughs> And you see that through his expressions. The guy has, like, two expressions that you get used to throughout the movie. One of them is just unfathomably angry. And the other one is just super happy. You know, I feel like he doesn't don a neutral expression for most of the movie. Well, there is, like, a totally disconnect between, like, what he expects of his daughters versus what they kind of expect of themselves. I did like how they did touch on all these women are growing a lot. So they kind of have you know, people who are doubting them like him. And then there's also, I don't remember her name, but there's um, kind of the middle-aged woman that's kind of a family friend who, I don't, she kind of contradicts everything she says. Like early on, she says like, oh, marriage is dumb and not worth it. Just don't worry about it. And then later she's like, oh, well, you'll never find a man. And she's always kind of trying to give people advice, but it's always contradicting. And I think ultimately she almost seems to represent everyone's self-doubt and how you can never really listen to your own doubt about yourself you can't listen to other people's doubt you just have to kind of go with what you think is best for yourself so i think that ties into the personal growth aspect of the movie i want to change the subject now to fast food and its representation in the movie Mm. they put a lot of reverence on home cooking you know mr chu is a chef they spend that whole opening montage of him cooking he has fish in a bowl in his house that are alive. <laughs> and he kills them with chopsticks. Uh, so and extra. he fries them up himself. <laughs> this guy is like the ultimate hipster chef. It's he's next amazing. level. So there's a lot of weight put on that. And then the middle daughter, Chuja, ooh, Chuja Chen, um, she also cooks for one of her early boyfriends in the movie. Yes. Clearly, she's also an incredibly gifted chef. I, I don't really remember all of the dialogue but i feel like she says something about you know my dad doesn't want me in the kitchen but you know (laughs) i can do it and she is very gifted clearly but then they also focus on fast food the youngest daughter chuja wing wing 
Did anybody else write think, it down? I think it's Ning. Ning? Ning. Oh, I, I don't no, know how to pronounce. Yeah. No, yeah, it's any totally, it's totally, it's totally Ning. So wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, you my, can't see my, my face. I'm Chinese, but I literally cannot pronounce <laughs> so, any of these. Here's names. the thing. I did, I did write on my piece of paper Ning. However, my handwriting is so bad, looks like a W. <laughs> we so, don't know for sure. Chu Jun Ning, the youngest daughter, works at Wendy's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she works at Wendy's, and you see her in Wendy's a lot. And you see the statue of Wendy outside of Wendy's in multiple shots. It says shots Wendy's, like, it says on, their Wendy's on the uniforms. Oh, it's all there. I think the most telling thing about the father, Mr. Chu's perception of fast food, is when he's talking to Shan Shan, the, the little little girl who he makes lunches for. He says, "Aren't you taking lunch to school with you? Where's your lunch?" And she turns around. She holds up a little stack of bills of money and she goes it's right here and then she disappears into a crowd of adults and she looks like she's been swallowed by the boy trying to get onto the bus this is a very funny movie a movie i'd probably have to watch again to get all of the jokes because it is subtitled and takes the a little longer to sink in too. it is subtle. very subtle no i like to touching on the fast food i like how the fast food it almost i feel like in a way represents the generation gap yeah. like the older generation um, represented by mr chu they prize, you know, meticulousness and detail and hard work. And then Wendy's, just in general, like, it just kind of represents this instant gratification that, like, the younger generation likes. I think food represents so many things, and that's just one of them. But it is funny because, like, at first you're like, oh, it's just kind of a visual addition to everything. But really it's just kind of a lot of things, a lot of segues almost. Yeah. Food does represent a lot of stuff. Food is a stand-in for sex a few times in this movie. The, the shot that was most striking for me that we both kind of jumped out of our chairs and went, what? Was yeah. when the the middle daughter is having sex with somebody and then it cuts away to a shot of Mr. Chu blowing down like the <laughs> severed neck hole of like, a dead duck. And oh, it's so horrible. <laughs> it's like, oh God. I wish I had more examples of where food and sex kind of intersect in this well, I mean, movie. The, but whole, the movies are like eat, drink, man, woman. It's from the Book of Rights, which All is right. one of the Confucian classics. So that's good. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically just like they're the yeah. four most basic human desires. Exactly. I like it too because... All these characters are kind of missing. They all have the eat and drink aspect, obviously, but they are all kind of lacking the romantic aspect that's represented by man or woman. So it's by the, at the beginning, they all lack that, but by the end, they do have yeah. it, which is nice. I love when a title, I think they, don't they say it in the movie at one point? Oh, so, yeah, it's uh, the, is the sous chef who dies of the heart attack. He says wow. it. So glad you remember it. Totally yeah, forgot. he says it. Yeah, I just remember because we were pointing at the screen. I was like, he did the thing. Yeah. He said the name of the movie. <laughs> the title is so packed like that because I mean it is this reference from this book, but then it also comments on the kind of the arc of these characters too. It's a very very good title. Which at first when you first hear it, it's like that is an interesting title. Turns out to be so much more than you think it is. One of my favorite scenes also is when during the first Sunday dinner is when. Mr. Chu gets called into the restaurant. He's like super badass in that like <laughs> in that scene. He just like goes into they show the exterior of this place he's going into and it looks like a huge ornate oh, palace almost. But it's the restaurant I think that he he's like made his career at. And Old Wen works there too. There's a crisis because it was the governor's son's wedding. So the issue was that the shark fins fell apart. Or they were, because they were fake for, I think, like, the shark fin soup or something like that. And they were like, oh, my God, what do we do? Call in the ace, Mr. Chu. And Mr. Chu shows up, and he's like, 
walking in, like, just knowing what he's doing. And you see, like, everyone else in the kitchen, and it looks like a military operation (laughs) almost. And they're like, okay, here's, like, the status of the soup. And he's like, it's fake fake shark fins. We can't do anything with it. He's like, I know what to do. And then he's like, I'm going to make the... Okay, I wrote this dish down, too, but now I don't It's something Jade Dragon. Joy Luck Dragon Phoenix. Isn't that, like, an epic name? That is the most intense name. (laughs) It is, like... And they're like, how are you going to make it, Mr. Chu? And he's like... I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, cut the scene. Like, and it's like, he's made it, and they taste it, and they're like, Mr. Chu, you've done it again. And I was like, this is like an epic scene for Mr. Chu. It's great, too, because when you're looking at the 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 pot of the boiled shark fin, shark fin in quotes. So, yeah. By the way, this podcast does not condone shark fin soup. I've um, never had it. Is it good? Uh, it's is it worth illegal. It? Oh, well, that's um, probably why I had it. I didn't it. know that. I didn't know that either. Look at Aiden. Yeah, um, it's, it's like a whole thing, <laughs> shark hunting. They they just take the fins off and then let them go, and then that's the sharks oh. can't swim and they die. Jesus. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I don't want um, that. All right. Anyway, he's looking at the pot of so-called shark fin soup, and he's like, oh, we'll make joy luck dragon phoenix right was that <laughs> yeah, it? Did I yeah. get it right and they're like we're gonna lose money on this he's like we'll make it into gravy and then they just move on yeah i also like that scene too because when even just when he's walking into the kitchen you see all these plates of food what you just think they made all these plates just so they could be shown for like a second basically and it reminded me i don't know if you've seen any of pedro almodovar's movies but he's very obsessed with color mm-hmm. And in one of his movies, a character pulls up at a stoplight and there's just like graffiti, this huge artistic mural on the thing, really for no reason except for he just wanted to indulge himself. And I like that Ang Lee throughout the movie just kind of throws in this food just so we can kind of look at it and be astounded by it. It's a great touch. This little movie feels very just warm and I don't want to say inviting, that's a weird thing to say, but it just, it's very, makes it feel alive and kind of it has this pulse because it looks very warm and then the food adds that aspect cinematography's has kind of a warm pigmentation. It's a foreign language film. It's in Chinese, so and it's set in Taiwan. So I feel like some people stray away from like stay away from foreign language films because you have to read the subtitles and like, am I gonna get it? You know, it's too much work. But I think movies like this one especially, most of them like all of them do have like human elements, you know, to it that make them universal. But this one especially, it's about eat, drink, man, woman, those basic human desires. And so this movie is very relatable on the human level. And food does make it, I think, universal because I felt myself kind of thinking about, you know, different family dinners I've had or different dishes I had throughout my childhood. And I think that's one of the things they're trying to do is kind of make this family's experience. They want you to draw comparisons to your own and see maybe where are their comparisons, where are their things that are different. But the, yeah, the food is very crucial in that way. <laughs> and they, just speaking of growing growing up and at different ages, they, they do a good job of representing every age. You have Shan Shan, who's very young. Then you have the youngest daughter, who's a teenager, who's working fast food. Then you have the middle daughter who works, she's 20-something, working for an airline. Then you have the oldest daughter, who's a teacher, who then gets married, which is, that's a later state in life, generally, not all the time. And then you've got the dad, who's older, and then you have his friend, the other chef, who's even older than him, who then dies from the heart attacks. You get almost every stage. The only thing this movie is missing is birth. Well, but they do well, have yeah. at the end. Yeah, the youngest yeah. daughter has a child. Oh, she gets pregnant. I yeah. mean, there's not like a dramatic I take it back. I take it back. It's all there. <laughs> I mean, we don't see the dramatic, you know, like, oh, I'm pushing the child out of me, but it's Thank like. Thank God. But it's just like a little, um, not an afterthought, but just like a little glimpse, like, oh, she has a child now and she's married. And you know what that child's going to do? 
eat a ton of really good food. Oh my god. I'm jealous of uh, I want Mr. Shu to be my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. Did you guys like notice the score? No, not really. Okay, because there, there was like, <laughs> well, like, so like you know, it was like super subtle, but it was like maracas and stuff, and really? like it oh, yeah. felt almost like Latin. And there is a like tortilla soup, which is like yeah. the Latin remake of this film, right? Which I thought was really interesting because it wasn't like super traditional. Have you seen like, that? I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to see it for like ever, but no, I think this is definitely just it is. Going back to what you said earlier about foreign language films, I think if someone is nervous about watching them or skeptical, like, this is a good one to start with because it is very accessible. I think it's very warm and funny, but also, you know, has the dramatic nuances that make it feel meaningful. But yeah, I think it's a really, just in general, a very, just a solid family drama. I think anyone could enjoy it. This, this movie's successful because it doesn't try to be too epic. You know, it spans a fair amount of time. You don't know exactly how much, but you could guess Probably a little, maybe about two years. Maybe about two years. Two years, right? Because you get that first, you get the first whole story, and then it jumps ahead at the end when when uh, one of the characters becomes pregnant, right? So that's like got to be almost nine months. I mean, I don't know how pregnant she was, but I guess around maybe a year and a half, two years. But it doesn't try to to span generations and be like this is all about food and the food I ate as a little kid, and then da 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 da. da. It doesn't try and go on forever and ever. Granted, it's a two-hour movie, but it doesn't really feel like it. No, I don't think so. And I like, too, how it, it doesn't really end on, like, a finite note. It ends on kind of a new beginning for all these characters. Yeah. And you watch that, and you're like, you know, maybe ten years from then, they might be having the same problem where they they have kind of this unfulfilled part of themselves. So you know that, like, even though right now it's happy, things could change. But I like that, too, because it's semi-happy and positive, but you know it's subject to change, kind of. And that's good, too, because the movie is very naturalistic it feels just kind of like a slice of life yeah. i feel like this movie would make a good play i think it would too yeah, yeah there were a couple scenes i thought there's like one transition i remember where they were two of the sisters just like on a porch and i just thought like that looked very something that i could envision on a stage just yeah. two of the characters sitting there and talking yes i think this movie would benefit from smell-o-vision oh i love uh, some smell-o-vision it's in, my in favorite the Love pump, it. pump some gas in. I would just be hungrier then. I would <laughs> yeah. have to like get the huge popcorn and then go back for refills. God, can you imagine the because you have the popcorn smell plus that smell? They'd have to probably invest some good money for like quality smell vision. <laughs> I would be thing. okay with like, oh, you can go see this movie and then afterwards you get to like have a huge feast oh, like of that. Chinese food. Ugh, that would be cool. That would be so good. I would pay really good money for that actually. I, I want to try. <laughs> I want to try all these foods. I gotta, at some point. <laughs> I wish smell-o-vision were still a thing. Was that, like, a huge thing? I feel like I can only think um, of one movie that I remember having it, but... You, there, was, there was a movie during our lifetime that had smell-o-vision that not, you have seen? Not my lifetime. Actually, I saw it in the theaters when it came out, and it had smell-o-vision. Then when I saw it, you know, I watched it in my room. Go ahead. It's, the, <laughs> uh, it's this John Waters movie called Polyester, and it has smell-o-vision in it, and <laughs> it's funny because they're, like... Scenes where the main character will like walk around and just be like, <laughs> and so you like know like oh I should be smelling like bacon or something, but there's just nothing. But it's very like obvious like get your get ready. There's gonna be a smell coming in the theater. That's like the only time I can think of it. I, I can't think of any specific movies. I don't know if it actually was a thing or if it was just concept, but I I think it was in the 40s they had movies where they would really they would like pump Ooh, maybe the 50s they would pump out smells yeah. into the theater, but it's a little spooky. It's a yeah. little spooky. I don't know how it would feel like about a, a that. smell or a gas into a room with a bunch of people kind of 
Kind of shaky. Mm. Maybe not so I know good. they've done that for, like, Broadway plays. Oh, really? What? About... Okay, so you guys, you, have you guys seen the movie, I think it's just Waitress? Oh, yeah, With yeah. Carrie Russell? Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, so it's about, like, Carrie Russell and she bakes yeah. pies and stuff. So for the Broadway musical, they, like, before the audience came in, they would bake, like, pies. And, like, oh, it, would, wow. the, it would, like, you know, the smell would drift throughout the theater and <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh, my gosh. And then I think I was also, there was, like, a whole podcast about this, actually. <laughs> oh. So. Are you going to plug this podcast? I'm going to plug this podcast because okay. it's a great podcast. It's I'm called The Sporkful, and it's just, like, all about food. I, I think they also talked about how they did for Sweeney Todd. So they bake like pies they were supposed to, oh which is like kind of ca- gross. Did they catch that, that human gross. seared flesh smell? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they were trying to go for. And Yum. it's like, I don't know how I would feel about that. Mm, it smells, it smells. I would be totally chill the one for the like waitress for that oh, one. Would be great. Like, you know, a nice little blueberry pie smell. I love it. That's another movie that, that made me very really hungry. The mood. Yeah. She just constantly made all these pies that I've never heard of that it's like, let's make this happen in real life. This would be great. <laughs> Sweetie Todd, that's a little concerning. Yeah, what that one's these? Probably just hamburger, I would imagine. It was like meat, yeah. Yeah. Like... What does like seared human flesh smell like? I don't think I want to know, actually. You don't want to know, man. That's not a And I don't think either of us could tell you. <laughs> no. Like, wait, you guys don't know? I know, it's a bummer. I know, how could you? But, I mean, yeah. There's always time. <laughs> So let's talk about some movies that, that we love that are kind of like this movie or are inspirational in similar ways. Ratatouille. <laughs> classic. Uh, it's classic. I, for, for me, I, I watch Ratatouille. Rat, Ratatouille. I watch Ratatouille. I watch that movie probably once or twice a year, and it's another movie that makes me hungry. Just something about watching watching that little guy go to town, <laughs> make, some, make some good, good food. Mm. The other recommendations I have are Tom Popo. Either of you seen Tom Popo? I haven't. Love that name, though. Have you seen Tom Popo? No. (laughs) Let me just say it again. Tom Popo Popo. is a (laughs) Japanese movie directed by uh, Itami Juzo. It's from, I think, 1985. It's kind of like a spaghetti western. It's more of a, it's a ramen western because it's uh, this, this woman owns a ramen restaurant and she has this, there's a friend and they try and make the restaurant better and they're competing with all the other ramen restaurants and it's very funny. And it's also another movie that's super tied with the idea of food and senses. They hit everything, food, sex, smells, everything. I don't know why I put sex and smells next to each other. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I'll just move on. Spirited Away. I love Spirited Away. The opening sequence in Spirited Away where the the parents start turning into pigs. That whole sequence Mm. with all the food that they're eating, that food looks delicious. I would eat it even if I knew I was going to turn into a pig because of it. It looks so good. Maybe maybe just any anime with food, especially especially Studio Ghibli stuff. They always get the food looking real good. Cartoon food looks just anime food, cartoon food in general. Just looks so good all the time. I just oh, yeah. want to always eat it. And then my last recommendation is a documentary. It's on Netflix. It's been out for a while now. Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which, I mean, if you like sushi, you're going to be hungry at the end of that one. Well, I I don't know why. I kind of came in prepared, not with food movies in mind, but more just family dramas in mind. I will say, you mentioned Waitress earlier. That's a really great food movie. Also, just kind of a good character study of this small-time waitress who is kind of in a bad living situation is trying to change your life for the better. Very visually stunning movie, very funny movie. Recommend that for sure. And then as, as far as family dramas, I would recommend Ang Lee did another family drama called The Ice Storm that came out in 97. 
that one's a little more intense. It's kind of set during the sexual revolution, and it kind of follows a few families that are interconnected and kind of their lives over the course of a few days. Super intense, great cast. That's really good. I love also Running on Empty from 1988, directed by Sidney Lumet. It has River Phoenix in one of his best performances before he died. But that's another one, kind of a really good coming of age slash family drama. Very, very emotional. Kind of almost makes me cry every time, even though I don't cry during movies. <laughs> that one, I've seen it multiple times, kind of gets me every time. That's great. And then Robert Redford's Directorial debut, Ordinary People from 1980. Another, a family kind of recovering from a tragedy and trying to figure themselves out. Kind of a similar personal growth thing, like Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. And that one has Mary Tyler Moore, the sitcom queen, in this really great dramatic performance, too. So worth it just to see that. Those are my recommendations. So for more food movies, mm. I really... The most recent one, I think, that I've seen that I really loved was Chef. With, um, Is that John Favreau? Yes, mm. with yeah. Sofia Vergara. I think Robert Downey Jr. is in it, too. It's a really awesome movie about John Favreau's character who decides to open a food truck. He, like, quits his job at, like, this really super nice restaurant, and he's like, I'm gonna open a food truck, and they, like, travel across the country with the food truck, and it's it's just a happy, fun movie. I really love that one. Another one would be Spanglish. Have you guys seen this movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing trailers for Spanglish. I love Spanglish so much. It's not super food oriented, but Adam Sandler, I think this is Adam Sandler's like best movie. He plays a chef in it and it's about his family and then the nanny they, they hire who just immigrated from Mexico and her daughter. And the movie's narrated by her daughter who's now applying to like Princeton for college. Just her mother's story and struggle who she ends up, you know, kind of having a thing with Adam Sandler's character <laughs> and stuff. But there's a lot of, there's food is featured in it. And I just, it's a really another great, like fun comedy, lighthearted movie. Those would be my recommendations. Well, nice. Didi, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you Appreciate for having it. me. This was super fun. So be sure to check out Home Plates on the Soundbite Network. Listen to us, please. Please listen um, to us. We, uh, there's also other great shows. We've got Women in STEM. There's Play Like a Girl. All kinds of really, really excellent stuff to listen to. So again, thanks for coming on, Didi. Do we have a cool sign-off? Do we say a cool <sighs> thing when we? we're done? I don't. Do we have to? I think maybe the cool sign-off. You should sign test off, one out. <laughs> what would it be? Are we going to... I don't even know. Maybe the cool sign-off is just us being like, do we have a cool sign-off in every episode? We just try mm. to think of one and just don't. See, that doesn't sound very cool. I love it. <laughs> Whatever you feel. All right. Well, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. See, you, see you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. junk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates, where I ask that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network.
For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.